You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. needs to be a complete commitment. I'm not to hold anything back from Him. I'm not to offer God my life and then take it back. I'm not to do that. I'm not really to ask for wisdom and then do my own thing. Lord, I need your help in this. And then not even pay attention to Him and do whatever I want to do. And then ask Him to bless it. I can't do that. I must make a commitment. I must determine that I'm going to commit my life to the Lord and He's going to keep it and then believe that the Lord will continue to do the work that He began in the day of Jesus Christ. So often today, society will waver in their opinion of God. Someone may cry out to God if desperate, but completely forget Him the next moment. Today, Pastor Dave challenges you to examine if you are double-minded. Don't waver. If you believe in Christ, then follow Him. Give Him your life fully. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. As he continues his message, Fire from Heaven. right where you are. Some people say, I'm going to wait until I'm in full-time ministry before I start witnessing. No, no. You're supposed to do it now. Don't wait. Everything that you do is going to be done all along. Another thing worth mentioning about Obadiah here is that he seemed to be quiet about his faith in Jehovah. Obadiah was quiet about his faith, maybe out of fear to being killed. I don't know. One commentator said this, not all God's servants are supposed to be in the public eye like Elijah and the other prophets. God has many servants in many places doing his work. Many servants in his places doing his work. Let me name a couple. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, Pharisees. When did Nicodemus come to visit Jesus? At night. You never hear him saying anything about any other time, do you? About Joseph of Arimathea, you don't really hear anything about him, but they were both Pharisees. When do you hear about them? When they ask for the body of Jesus. When Joseph of Arimathea gives up his tomb for Jesus. Quiet Christians who aren't in the public eye, and the Lord used them. How about Queen Esther? Queen Esther hid her Jewish heritage, didn't she? She hid her Jewish heritage until the proper time. You know, you can read and read and read. There's been numerous believers who have kept a low profile while making great contributions for the cause of Christ. And I love this quote, and I've said it many times. St. Augustine said, I spent 40 years preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and sometimes I even opened my mouth. I love that. But this drought had led to a famine which was extremely severe. So the king thought that he and Obadiah would go throughout the land trying to gather grass for the animals since there was no grass growing. Interestingly, Ahab is seeking relief from the drought, but he's not seeking the reason for the drought. 
He's looking for the call. Where's the, why, what's going on? I need relief. I need relief. How many of us, when we go through a problem, just want the problem to be over with? How many of us say, I want the problem to be done? Instead of trying to find out more in the problem. Never getting to the root of the problem. The problem keeps coming back. So Obadiah goes off his way looking And as he's looking, he runs smack dab into our buddy Elijah. Look at 7 and 8. Now, as Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him. And he recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is that you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go. Tell your master, Elijah is here. I like that. Tell your master, Elijah is here. So uh, Elijah wants Obadiah to run and tell Ahab, That he's here and he wants to speak to him. God sets up this divine appointment between Elijah and Obadiah. And I love Obadiah's response. Look look at Obadiah's response. We're going to read 9 through 14. So he, Obadiah, said, How have I sinned that you are delivering me, your servant, into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent me looking to hunt for you. And when they said, he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they could not find you. And now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I've gone from you, that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I don't know. So when I go and tell Ahab he cannot find you, he'll kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. I love that. Was it not reported to my Lord that I, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 in the cave, and fed them bread and water? And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. He will kill me. Oh, so the king has spent a long time looking for this guy, Elijah, three years. Obadiah's concern was kind of valid. You know, he said, listen, I'm going to go tell him you're here and you're going to disappear. You're going to go away again like you did before. And then I'm going to be left holding the bag. Come on. He didn't want to be responsible for this. Well, in verse 15, Elijah reassures Obadiah. Then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. This gave Obadiah great assurance. I I love this. So let's read 16 through 19 as we finish this section. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? (laughs) And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore send all and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. I love the difference between the two receptions. Obadiah meets Elijah, falls on his face and says, Is that you, my lord, Elijah? Ahab meets Elijah and says, Oh, troubler of Israel, is that you? <laughs> There's a big difference there. Why? He blamed Elijah for the drought. He thought the drought was his fault. After all, it was because of him. He knew the terms of the covenant. He understood what was supposed to happen. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he disobeyed God's rules. 
What I like interesting about this, two other people in Scripture are called troublemakers. In Luke 23, 5, our Lord and Savior Jesus is called a troublemaker. And in Acts 16, 20 and 17, 6, the Apostle Paul is also called a troublemaker. I love that. But everything Elijah does is in accordance with God's word. He doesn't vary one iota from God's word, including inviting the king and confronting the prophets of Baal. So Elijah calls for this meeting. All of Israel, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Astra. Astra was supposed to be the idol wife of Baal. All right, that was Baal's wife, the ones who ate at Jezebel's table. So we come to the great challenge. We come to this great scene now taking place on Mount Carmel, this wonderful, beautiful scene. And I'm going to read all 20 verses, and then we'll come back and talk to it. I'm going to read from 20 to 40, and then we'll come back and we'll chat, okay? So Ahab sent for the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood. But put no fire under it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but no fire under it. Then you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Yeah, let's do that. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them, they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning till evening, saying, O oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped up upon the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he's either God, either he's meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. <laughs> So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then the stones he built an altar, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. 
Then fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the book Kishon and executed them there. Woo! Oh, mess with Elijah. Oh, mess with my man. So Ahab does what Elijah wants, gathers all the people of Israel, gathers all the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Ashtoreth. There's 850 prophets, and they're all there. And they go up to Mount Carmel. Oh, my gosh, what a gorgeous, beautiful spot this is. It is a lush, lush spot. It is so gorgeous. Do you know what Carmel means? This really excited me when I read this. I didn't know this when I was standing on top of it. And I didn't know this after I taught um, John 15. Carmel means vineyard. Carmel means orchard, garden. It is a most beautiful place. It's 1,700 feet above sea level. 1,700 feet above the Mediterranean Sea. And in ancient times, Carmel was regarded as a holy place, a symbol of beauty and fertility. The divisions of the tribes, it was part of the territory of Manasseh. Like the upper region of Galilee, Mark Carmel received plentiful biblical rains, producing lush, beautiful forests, rich grasslands, and lower slopes beautiful for grazing. Isaiah associates God's glorious restoration of redeemed humanity with the splendor of Carmel in Isaiah 35 too. Solomon compares the head of his beloved with the beauty and nobility of Mount Carmel in the Song of Solomon 7, verse 5. It's this gorgeous place. You get up there and you get off the bus and don't just smell something burning. It's the most craziest thing in the whole wide world. You go around and go, wait a minute. I smell something. I don't know. They must do that for effect. But you get off this bus and you're on the top of Mount Carmel and you go up and go, Wait a minute, I smell something burning. I mean, did the fire come down that bit and still smell it? I don't think so. But man, it was really wild. And as I say, I got to teach on top of this. I got to teach this story. And as I was teaching, I was shaking. I was literally shaking. It was so intense for me to try to teach this story actually in the same spot. So Elijah speaks to the people and the prophets, he says. He said, back in verse 21, He said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. This really spoke to me when we were in Israel. It really knocked me out. How long will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. The wording suggests here that Elijah is saying, if you believe in Jehovah God, then he's your God. If not, then don't. Then Baal, serve him. Choose. Choose this day. Remember Joshua? Choose this day whom you will serve. The, the, the Amorites on the other side of the river, the idols that your fathers had, choose this day. The word falter, the word falter actually means like you're shifting one leg to the other. Like you're standing and you're trying to shift back and forth. You're kind of swaying between the two opinions. The Israelites were constantly changing their minds. Who are we going to worship? Well, let's worship Baal. Well, it doesn't rain. Let's worship Jehovah. And they're going back and forth. They worshiped and worshiped and worshiped. This caused them to be double-minded. 
It caused them to be double-minded. You know what James says about a double-minded pan. They're double-souled. One soul for the flesh, the world, the devil. The other soul for the Lord. A man like this is no good to God. A double-minded man is no good, hot or cold. You know what Jesus says about those who are cold? He can deal with. Those who are hot, he can deal with. What about the lukewarm? Wavering between two things. Go vomit them out of my mouth, he says. My commitment to God needs to be a complete commitment. I'm not to hold anything back from him. I'm not to offer God my life and then take it back. I'm not to do that. I'm not really to ask for wisdom and then do my own thing. Lord, I need your help in this. And then not even pay attention to him and do whatever I want to do. And then ask him to bless it. I can't do that. I must make a commitment. I must determine that I'm going to commit my life to the Lord and he's going to keep it and then believe that the Lord will continue to do the work that he began in the day of Jesus Christ. That is what I want to do. I have to do with that. I can't say, okay, now, Lord, I gave you a chance. You didn't give it done, though. I'm going to take care of it. No. If God is God, let him be God. If you're going to worship God, worship him. It's so common. We waver back and forth. We're not really sure. I offer that I take it back. I become unstable. And you know how I think. Come on, you guys been around here for a while. You know how I think. All of a sudden, there's a song in my head from a movie. There's a song in my head from a movie. It's the movie Oklahoma. And this girl's saying, for me, it's all or nothing. Is it all or nothing for you? That's what God is saying. I'm all in, guys. How about you? It's all or nothing. You're either with God all the way or you're not. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in God. You can't do it. It's all or nothing. Be the poker player and go all in. It's all in for God. And that's what God is saying to us. So Elijah calls them out. Come on, guys. Get with it. Follow God. You're his children. You're his chosen. All right. You don't want to? Then follow Baal. But stick with one or the other. Stop wavering back and forth. No, maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you have the same problem. Maybe you only believe God when everything is going right. But when trouble comes, all of a sudden, you're looking for the answer somewhere else. Maybe you only believe him when things are great. Maybe if he doesn't answer your prayer fast enough, you decide, well, i got to take matters into my own hands. No. No. I'm here to tell you, no. Don't do this. Don't do this. I learned a hard lesson like this even when I wasn't a Christian. I learned a very, very hard lesson about taking matters into my own hand. It was at a school. I was working at a school in Colorado, and I was having trouble with a kid. Yeah, kids give you trouble now and then. I was having a trouble with a kid, and I needed an assistant principal. And I went down to my favorite assistant principal, and I wanted him. And I really needed him bad because this kid was giving me a lot of trouble. He was busy. He was busy. And I wouldn't wait, so I went to the other assistant principal. Boy, when this assistant principal got out of his office, boy, did he rip me. He was mad at me for going to the other assistant principal. He really ripped. And I thought, this is what's happening here. We don't need no other God. We have a God, the one true living God. And through Jesus Christ, we have access to him. Read, read Ephesians 1, 2, 3. And all the blessings that we've gotten in Jesus Christ. Why would we go looking elsewhere? If God is God, follow him. So Elijah says, all right, let's play a game. Let's play a game. We're going to have a challenge. Let's find out once and for all who's who. Okay, prophets of Baal, 
You get to choose the bull. You get to build your altar first. You get to do the sacrifice first. Do everything you want. And by the way, take all the time you want. I'll wait. I love Elijah. No. When Elijah said he was the only prophet, he does say he's the only prophet. It wasn't true, remember. He was not the only prophet. He was the only prophet there. There were still 100 prophets in caves. Remember that, okay? He was still 100 prophets, okay? Interesting. Here, Elijah is outnumbered 850 to 1. And he's probably thinking, I got these guys right where I want them. <laughs> I got them right where I want them. This is great. This isn't even a fair fight. The odds are in God's favor. This is great. Let's see what happens here. I love this. This is fantastic. Here's where the rules. Place the bull on the altar. No fire. Call upon your God. Whoever God whichever God lights the fire, it's God. Yeah, people are going, yeah, all right, we can deal with that. Let's do it. The prophets of Baal went first, got their bull together, they built their altar, and they started crying out to Baal, morning to evening. But there was no voice from heaven. Morning till evening. They got mad, so they jumped up and down on top of the altar, crying out to their God. <laughs> and you got to love, <laughs> I love Elijah. It's like Elijah had a great big stick and he was going to poke him a little bit. I love it. In verse 27. I love verse 27. I get a kick out of it. Cry aloud, for he is a God. Um, either he is meditating or maybe he's busy. Well, maybe he's on a journey. Oh, I got it. He's sleeping and you better not wake him up. I love that. And Elijah's mocking them. Elijah's giving them the old what for. And then these guys, these guys proceed to self-mutilate. They start cutting themselves. Because this is what they did to get Baal's attention. This was one of, remember I said the rituals for Baal were horrible and immoral? They're cutting themselves and doing horrible things. But Baal ignored their call. Gee, I wonder why. Baal ignored the call. So finally, finally at 3 o'clock, which was time for the evening sacrifice in Jerusalem, Elijah said, step back, guys. My turn. Step back. So the first thing he does is he rebuilds the altar of the Lord. Now, there must have been some ancient altar dire for the Lord. And I went back and I looked and I studied and I looked and I couldn't find reference to it. But he says it repaired the altar. That's what the words are used. He repaired the altar of the Lord. So at one time, there was an altar of some sort there. And he repaired it according to what the scripture says. So it was there. So he revived it and take it there. He took 12 stones, one for each of Jacob's sons, the 12 tribes, because Jacob was called Israel. That's what he said. He used these 12 stones. He's trying to reaffirm the spiritual unity that these people had with God. He's trying to confirm this. They had a spiritual unity. Oh, you're from Manasseh. That's one of Joseph's sons. Oh, you're, you're, you're from Natali. You know, you're, you're from here. You're from there. And he was trying to reaffirm their spirituality, trying to get them to come back, despite their division. He knew it. But what's interesting here, Elijah gave all the advantage to the prophets of Baal, and now he gives God all the disadvantages. You are a We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you, and if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com and don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we are grateful that you were a part of our listening audience today. Be sure to join us again next time for more from First Kings right here on Assure Hope.